Hey, welcome to another edition of the Wake Up Late with Dougie Show. I am your host, Dougie Almeida, coming to you from Simpsonville, South Carolina, where I am blending in every day. Uh, and we're excited. This is like the second week in a row we had a show. We've been missing every other week and stuff, and here we are. This is like consistency. This is this is the definition of continuity, everybody, which is the which is a basis for success in any way. And by the way, speaking of success, I'm excited to have our guest today. Uh, comic i met in new york now living in la and just has newly released dry bar special the very funny mr dustin chapin's here what's up buddy hey buddy thanks man thanks for that intro whenever somebody Absolutely. says success and then and, and then says your name i mean that's i mean that's that's what it's all about <laughs> that's the greatest thing ever you're my favorite new person yeah isn't that great uh yeah and we we you know it's so funny we've had such funny uh interactions like with the world series of comedy and things like that where it's just like we're just so insecure and we're just like but we're trying to be confident you know <laughs> trying to like muster our way through some contest environment and so it's just really funny like just you know whenever we do those things like that together it's always funny to see you and it's like oh here we go again with the old guys at the contest (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know (laughs) but that's fun but i like that that's what i like about you you know it's like you're just you're like me you're like ah let's just do it man let's just keep going it, it, just, since we're giving since we're giving away accolades to personality, I was going back on one of our previous shows where you where you were a guest along with another gentleman. Uh, I won't mention his name at the moment, but who is a comedy writer of sorts, uh, okay. and he's <laughs> I would say good friend Jeffrey Gurian, and he you know it's kind of oh. funny because he was like you brought up like I don't know if you're aware of this uh, Dustin, but uh, you know Dangerfield's closed, and <laughs> and you're like yeah. well I wrote a, I did a fucking podcast on it, you know like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote a whole article on it. I'm actually working on the screenplay. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. that's that's because that's one of the things I definitely respect, and I feel like you and I have, I have common. We're not the kind of people that can some, let something just idly go by without speaking out about. Yeah, it. You know, like well, you and I are funny because we first met. It was like two peacocks, and then we figured out how to get along, and now we're friends and everything. But it's like, but that's saying we're very similar like that. We're straight shooters, and we'll throw down if we have to, and it's just very funny. <laughs> Like, exactly yeah. most comics are you know don't have that edge or whatever there's a bunch of you know exactly. dorks just trying to be famous or whatever <laughs> and impressive to each other uh you know uh, since we're talking about comedy itself i want to share a story with yes. you i had a conversation with somebody about an open mic so we were talking about open mics recently but uh we have a great open mic in the greenville comedy zone every thursday night eight o'clock uh it's a great com- open mic number one because you usually have anywhere between 20 to 50, 60 people there as patrons that pay 10 bucks or so or whatever to, to watch it, which That's for the most great. part, most yeah. open mics, you don't have that. Um, but that week was, it was, was a, there was a great moment and it was a horrible moment. The first great moment was my friend, um, Mr. Mike Lee, my wife's best friend's dad, who's 84 years old, went up on stage. I helped him up okay. and he went up just before me and he told some jokes and he got great laughs, obviously just to see, him up there was fun and you know he tated a great why did the chicken cross the road well because the the cat that crossed before him had a laser pointer but it was fun you know what i mean it was just great to see him tell the jokes yeah. and i was so excited then i went up and there was a young lady sitting in the front who happens to be a comic i i, I found out that it was her first time doing stand-up but she was there with three or four of her friends and was talking through almost everybody's set like you know just being like so when I got up there, she starts, and I'm trying to work on new shit. One of the things I talked about before the show, I'm trying to work on some of this new premise stuff. And she's like, ah, oh, but she's talking to shit. I'm like, hey, aren't you a comic? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what, what the fuck? You should shut up. You know, you need to be respectful to the people that are up here. Yeah, and it was, you know, not, not that I don't know if it mattered, but she was, she was a black girl and their other girl. And they got like, it was a movie theater and they were just fucking yelling shit at me all this time. And and I wasn't going to sit. I was like, look, you're you're disrespectful. You know, you shouldn't even go on stage. I can't even believe the, the, the comedy club should even let you go up. If I'm still here, I'm going to try to tell all the comics to scream at you when you're up here. And, you know, and and you and you're you're one who who's who's you ran a club. You know what I mean? You you in New York, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Greenwich. Sure. So how does that Many when you back. when you see action like like what would you have done if you were me in that situation? Uh, it's tough. You know, I have a very hard time with the back of the room. Uh, I have a hard time with regular patrons. I mean, if you're any sort of comedian at all and you do something like that, then I really, I mean, I think you should just, you know, 
be finished as a person. Like I can't take it. I mean, yeah, you tell people to leave if they can't respect comics. I mean, I I yell at people. I, I remember I used to yell at people, and nobody, everybody treated me like I was a dick or something. When like, because certain clubs sometimes the green room is not even like a green room, so it's like you can hear everybody laughing and joking and being stupid or whatever. And a comic is on stage trying to get laughs or whatever, and then you can hear everybody talking in the back and it's like i would always yell at people and be like just respect the art respect the craft like i'm a crazy guy like that so yeah i would definitely throw that person out like i would just you know find a way to get them out of the room or whatever but you have to respect the craft we're just it's so hard to do comedy you yeah. know and you need all you need is basics and the basics is you need to be able to be heard you need to be able to just not have people step on your punchlines have the microphone microphone work have, you know there's just there's like four four things and one of those things is people behaving in the room yeah and you have to be so, seen you have know. to be heard you're right those are two major yeah. things uh you're right and you know my thought is there's one coming this thursday and i'm thinking if she's there you know mm-hmm. and i'm a bit of a i don't you know listen i'm i'm a stand out here in greenville i'm like a big fish in a small pond you know, move into this this like town. It. We got a, a like great it. club, and and I'm they 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 they, they kind of like me because I'm a veteran and I help out. I do writers meetings there when I can with Brandon Rainwater, another great, great. local comic here. And you know, I want to help out. I want you know I want to help comics get better. You know, because we want the scene to get better. You know, and we want the yeah, club to have better right. hosts and a better you know better uh, quality of comics in the in the network. So, but I'm just wondering, would I be stepping out of line if I if I see her there and I say, look, man. If she goes up, I'm not going up. I don't think this girl should ever go up here. She should be banned for 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 a certain period of time. Um, I would give her another shot, and oh, yeah? if she does it again. I would give it. You know what I mean? There's. A, I believe in. A, I believe in a first mess up, and then the second you're you're out. Like I, I would just kind of act like she's going to be normal and pretend almost like it didn't happen, and then if she starts to act like an idiot, and then I think you should step in. You don't want to do that too soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Thank you. And if anybody or wants you should to just hire... have her follow you, you should have her follow you and you just go up and do your greatest hits and just slam her off the stage. That's, you know, that's also one thing. You just get up yeah. there and just do like a regular set and just like smoke her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then bring her up next. Yeah. Follow that bitch. Follow that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, uh, exactly. And you know, and, um, I, I left cause I had to take uh, my friend Mike home and I didn't want to stay here too long, but I heard when she went up, she obviously ate a dick. It was her first time on stage. So, um, you know, let's see if she's back. All right. So, uh, I mentioned the dry bar special. It's funny when this happened cause I'm yes. working on my material to, 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 to basically put in for it. And, um, great. you know, tell us a little about it. The, the, the I love the title. Is it something about grumpy pants? Like, uh, <laughs> cranky pants. Yeah, cranky pants. <laughs> Fucking how, how appropriate. You know, did you come? It, did you come up with that, yeah, or did, did... I, uh, me and my girl Leah both kind of came up with it? You know, it's funny because it's like, uh, well, I watched the set, and I'm watching the set, and I kind of with the crowd, like you know, because it's Provo, Utah, so it's like I'm not gonna sit here and act like that's an easy, you know, comedy crowd, and so you have to kind of pull it out of, and you have to be clean in this whole thing. But uh, so it, it's very appropriate when you see the sex. I'm like, whatever. And I just kind of do my thing. And I was really happy with it in the end. But uh, it's funny. Well, it's an interesting thing because I went through a Mormon stage when I was in high school and stuff. And like my parents were like crazy drinkers and stuff. And so I think I re- rebelled the other way. It was like, I'll show you and I won't do anything. And so I did that. And so I became a missionary and all that stuff. I think we talked about it before. But I was uh, at the Missionary Training Center in Provo, Utah. That's where I would learn how to become a missionary. So to come back and do stand-up comedy, I mean, I'm not a Mormon anymore, but to do it there in Provo was really surreal. And it was a funny thing. Like, I hadn't been back. And the last time I was there, I had a name tag and a crew cut and a Book of Mormon <laughs> in my hand. And then I come back, I got, I got weed jokes and, you know, <laughs> and a hat. And, you know, it's just really funny <laughs> to just go back and be like, hey, now I'm a comic. And they're like, what? We thought you <laughs> were one transition. of us. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I transitioned, yeah, into this crazy life. So it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I've always liked the dry bar specials, and you know, it's uh, I've really worked on trying to. You know, I, I was kind of raised by all these like filthy guys in New York City, and these are brilliant guys like David Tell and certain guys that were. It's like you know they didn't care and they just went in edgy. So a lot of my comedy kind of mad and just you know not caring what I was saying and whatever, and then. You know, and then working with 
to other guys that were a little cleaner, you know, recently and stuff, touring with guys that, you know, kind of more family friendly. It kind of prepped me a little bit for this thing. And so uh, yeah. it was very exciting to know that I could put something together and then they would actually air it. Because I didn't think they would. Because I got in trouble on the first show. They were like, all right, yeah. no midget jokes, no Muslim jokes. I was like, what? They're clean. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so then I had to go back in the second show. I didn't like that set as much as the first show. But it's was like, come on. But they left in the Muslim jokes. I was like, okay, all right. I guess oh, I can, huh. you know. So it was like, it was really funny, though. But I was like, I got in trouble by the producer. They had to go back and then they put everything together nicely. They did a great job editing everything together. But it was like just really funny because you just don't it, think it, certain things are dirty or edgy till you're, you know, you just don't know. Like, there's nothing worse. Fly. There's nothing worse as a comic when a booker or somebody says, now you got to be clean. And you're like, oh. Okay, let's, you know, yeah. like, like, how do we define, yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, listen, it, it, you know, it's got to be PG-13, and I start thinking, well, you never met my 13-year-old nephew, you know, because I, <laughs> I, I, exactly. I could do anything in front of that kid. Um, you yeah, know. yeah, I mean, but this you know, I mean, we all know that it's it's supposed to be clean, so, so you go into it, but I've, I mean, it's nothing worse than you're just, like, booked on a show, and then right before you go up or something is terrible. And, uh, yeah, I feel like my whole thing is if you pay me, I'll be clean, but I'm not gonna, I have when people are like, Hey, can you do a guest spot and be clean? No, dude. It's like, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> yeah. if you're not paying me, I ain't being nothing. I'm just going to do what I want to do. But you know, yeah, if you're paying true. me, then yeah, I'll, I'll work in the parameter. And, and to, but, and to uh, put this perfectly clear anybody who, you know, the many, somebody watching this may not understand, but the dry bar special, it's clean, but it's Mormon clean. Like, you can't do drug references. You can't do any sexual political references. Obviously, you can't say the word cunt. Um, that's that's definitely out of line. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm and it's, saying and it's, that. You're trying to get one. Yeah, they're watching this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Dougie. That's, that's, I'm looking out for you. <laughs> you know the what I mean? Our team's watching Dougie in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> he still I'll should be in sleep. Name. He's probably still asleep. <laughs> um, exactly. But, you know, but it is and it's tough, you know, and, I, you know, the longer we do comedy, the, I think the easier it becomes to write, you know, because we become wordsmiths yeah. and you're and I'm getting to the point where it's like I find it even easier. And because, you know, once you develop that persona on stage, what some people call the voice or that you, you develop that yeah. swagger on stage, you know, and I learned this from Rich Voss. It's not about jokes you write. It's about saying shit that's just funny. And, you know, people looking at you and just saying, oh, my God, you know what I mean? It came from this person. Yeah, yeah. And I think the more we do it, the closer to who we are as a person is up there, you know. And uh, not to name drop, but I will. I mean, I tour with Nate Bragazzi, and he's a phenomenal comedian. And it's been great watching probably in, out of all the comedians in the world. He's truest to himself. Like, I've never seen anybody just like he's exactly like he is when you're talking to him on the street oh, yeah. or wherever. And he's exactly like he is on stage. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Because he's not being jokey. He's not trying to get a laugh. He's just telling you something funny and he's piecing it together as any of our friends would talk to us. And that's how the audience sees it. And so I've learned a lot just watching him and working with him. And then even with the the stuff, I mean, his last special was uh, the one on Amazon, not the one on Amazon, the one on Netflix was rated G. I mean, it was like, you know, unbelievable. And so it's, it is kind of great that everybody, you know, the the kids can watch it the grandma can watch it yeah. so it's pretty phenomenal but uh but yeah but but i he would talk to me about being clean he was like look dude you don't you could still be edgy you just can't you know say the f word and this and talk about sex but you know you could still do your edge and so once he kind of made that clear it made it easy for like i like in this dry bar i do drug references but I come from it as the angle of, of a recovering addict. And so I can talk about weed. I can talk about whatever in a Mormon environment because I'm like, hey, I'm clean. Like if I was like, hey, the other night I did some X and banged these two girls in the bathroom, you know, then it would be a whole nother thing. But if I'm yeah. like, you know, I, I don't do anything anymore. I used to smoke weed. I used to do it like this. I used to do this or whatever. And then I feel like, you know, you can get away with more as long as it comes from like a core that's not trying to, you know celebrate it or whatever and you know make it like i'm a cool guy i do this or whatever so anyway i'm learning a lot just how how much you can and cannot say yeah it, you can it, say more than yeah. you think so. it, yeah it's amazing you know what i mean but that's it's always so funny like you go on a show and then somebody says clean and then some of the newer comics they start asking you know can i say dick you know can i say <laughs> you know and they start asking what about this joke is it clean 
you know, and um, it's it's just interesting, you know, the difference. And uh, and of course, and the advice I've been given is that you're definitely going to get a lot more work if you're clean, because especially if you're opening for somebody, you know, they love it when yeah. somebody could be funny without, you know, tarnishing the whole fucking well, yeah. audience. I mean, I pride myself in being able to do both. And I think you're a guy that could do both. And I think it's like, you know, that's, you know, I open, you know, for one guy that's like totally clean and another guy's just like, I mean, totally edgy. So it's like, you know, I can do whatever I want on both of those shows, you know. I mean, on the one show I do whatever I want and the other one I, you know, rein it in a little. But yeah, I think it's good to be broad. And it's like, you know, it's good to be able to, and it is great to reach out to, I mean, if young kids can listen to you and watch your stuff, it's like, they're going to grow up and buy tickets, you know? So yeah. it's, it's actually just a smart thing. I remember uh, Jim Gaffigan started out real edgy and just like the rest of us, smoking cigarettes and writing bits and being crazy and drinking and everything. And his first album was really edgy and dirty and that's is the F word and everything. And then his, and then he took the same album and made it clean, like the same material, and just made a clean version of it. And that's when he started to pop off, you know, because they wow. played it more on, on Sirius XM because you get more play if you're clean because, you know, there's like more channels for it and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, it's, you know, but but you don't have to be clean. You know what I mean? Like there's, right. you know, like David, there's certain guys you can just be edgy and dirty and Cat Williams. I mean, these guys are millionaires and, you know, you it just... I don't know. It's just you figure it out as you go. But as long as you have a fan base, you know, I think it's but I don't have a big fan base, so I need to hit everybody I can. <laughs> so exactly. It's like I tried the edgy fan base. Nah. So I'm going for a cleaner <laughs> fan base. Just, somebody come to me. You know? It's you mentioned <laughs> so, that who you opened for. You, you opened for obviously uh, Nate Bargadze, uh, who's very mm-hmm. uh, funny. Obviously, I've seen a bunch. And, uh, and TJ Miller, like you said, yes, you know, these TJ's are the other one. Yeah. And he's the other guy. And, you know, that's a first of all, it's great when you have, you know, I'm just trying to find one real big comic that's going to have me, hey, use, you know, open for him <laughs> on a regular basis or her. Yeah. But you got two, you lucky bastard. And, you know, yeah, you and know, works. it's good. Well, I had though. to get something out of running rooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to get something out of 100 emails a day as somebody had to give back eventually. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, that's definitely the be- that's the that is the one major benefit of running a room. That's why I still do it to promote shows is because the relationship you develop with other comics, uh, yeah. it, it's it's priceless. But um, now let me ask you because of that, you mentioned Nate Bargatze. One of the questions I want to ask you was, um, you know, what is it? What's it like? You've obviously, especially with Nate, I think we were talking about one of the you're in a theater, like in an arena. Uh, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Um, we've, yeah, we played crazy, beautiful theaters across the country. Um, we're, uh, we're, I think we're the next gig I'm on. We're in Pittsburgh. We're playing with a penguins play. So it's like, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I almost cry every time. I'm like that. I'm almost emotional every time in the back. I'm like, they see my, and they, they, you know, put your face on a big screen. Like, um, what am I, what am I Springsteen? What's happening right now? I'm just just this dork from Texas trying to tell jokes and they got me. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, it's great. And then Nate uses guys like we're all from New York. So it's like me and Becky own and Nick Novicki and, you know, guys that, you know, kind of so he keeps that new york vibe and so we all know each other from way back when when nobody booked us at any on anything and so it's it's fun to have that but yeah man it's great i mean it's you know i'm i'm still figuring it out every time i do it um i'll never get used to that many people i mean i'm a club comic true and true i like to do crowd work i like to play around and then you know and sometimes you could do a little bit of that in a big but it comes off kind of weird sometimes it's like no 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 you 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 in the blue shirt no 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 the one behind him section section 174 (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey you yeah but i'll still mess around with it sometimes but but yeah, I mean, it's still definitely um, a timing thing. And, you know, I, I'm more animated in a huge stage. You know, I'll run around and Chris Rocket a little bit and stalk the stage. And, you know, you get to play with it more. So I enjoy that. But it's, it's definitely great. I'm very blessed and happy to be able to just do all these kinds of shows and venues. But yeah, it's really, it, it is weird. It, it's weird every time. I'm like, oh, what is going on? It, it's get funny you bring to, that get up. Me to a, it's really pretty like I remember when I first started doing shows and they had like a poster of you right next to the headliner or something like that. Yeah. And of course, you'd, you know, you'd be like, oh, my God, I got to get a fucking selfie. Look at me. Oh, you know, I and still it, do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
of course. It, it's, it's like exciting. The bathroom. You know? yeah. yeah. It's like you go if you perform at the Reno Laugh Factory. If you're the headliner, you know, the minute you get out of the airport, there's you, there you are on a big billboard. Yeah. You know, and I love you're like that looking stuff. around. That's so cool. Yeah, so it is cool. a really yeah. fucking cool feeling. It is now. The, the, like you said, the, you, well, one thing must, I was going to say, yeah, one thing. So do you keep like all your posters and stuff? Cause I had to stop doing that. Cause I would just keep every poster from every crappy show. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were at the studio at the house in Florida when in my, in my oh, podcast yeah. room. Remember yeah. when I had, had all the wise guys? Yeah. I had all the yeah. posters up from there. It wallpapered the whole fucking room and you know, and uh, I, I used to now, I mean, on my Snapchat, not my Snapchat, my Snapfish, whatever. I, I need most of my flyers. I usually try to save them, but I, I just, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit home one day when I'm 85 years old. I remember that show, you know, um, I, you, you know, might, yeah, I, you know, and you might be pissed if you didn't, you're like, you know, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting though. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think I have some of my first flyers and that's what they like misspell my name and stuff. And I'm like, ah, yeah. it's, still, it's still great. <laughs> oh, isn't that the worst? I mean, it's bad. You know, I don't know how anybody can look at my name, D O U G I E and pronounce it doogie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> like what, what my, one of my really good friends, God bless my buddy, Chris Priester, the teacher who passed away comedy buddy of mine who died at 51 a couple of weeks ago. Everybody's in shock. Um, you know, we used to do the ebony and olive comedy tour. I'm the olive. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I was watching the, the, it was great because they had the service on a live stream and I'm watching it and we sent our family sent a nice big array of flowers and a stand, you know, for, and cause I love the guy and, uh, and, and, you know, they're announcing and now, uh, this is from Doogie Alamedia. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. You know, and it's funny because a few comics who were at the service called me. (laughs) Armenian. Um, Yeah, I think he's from Armenia. Uh, And and, and he used to have this thing about being unk at UNC. I'm an unk. You know, your older guy thinks he's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T-shirts. And I said, and the bot, the last thing I said was long live unk. And the lady says, long live one. I'm like, oh, it's unk. It's funny because I got about your funeral. People mess it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they get it wrong. Even when you're dead, people get it wrong. Yeah, I I had like three comics call me like, "Hey, they just called you Doogie here at the at the service," Uh, and I'm like, "That's great. I'm just glad to have been to to been a part of it." Uh, But when we talk about theaters and stuff, like you know, explain the difference. Like you mentioned, like being at a club, you see people, you know. But when you're in a like a big arena like that, I mean, I I haven't. I mean, I've done some bigger theaters, and I've realized that the difference of pacing, like how much, like how it affects your, your timing. And, and like, it's like you said, you parade around because you got a big skate stage. You got to use it. Cause you want to yeah. go, you want to be sitting talking to one people over here. Right. But yeah. How different is it when you like, you're not like you're, you're like how, how quickly you speak or how you time out your yeah. joke. I mean, you know, naturally, you know, that you got to kind of, come off a little with a little more swagger and all that stuff and i think uh, it's funny this last show i did um i did one it was it's about it was i love how this is the smaller one it was like three thousand people mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and i was you know, this little this little shithole and and, so I, and and i remember i was on stage it was wichita falls it was uh where i kind of grew up a little bit. i boxed there i was uh, my my family's from there and stuff so that's also another thing when you have family to come to see you it's like i want them to see right. me in a big place but at the same time i'm like ah, i don't want to mess this up in front of them in front yeah. of this many people so you're just like it's a you're torn between whatever yeah. and i remember I, and i was on stage and it was you know this big beautiful theater and everything and then and then in my head i had these light gray pants on i don't know if you've ever done this on stage and i i thought i had a p-spot but I, it, so the whole time i'm trying to do my <laughs> and i'm trying to keep my swagger and i'm trying to do these jokes <laughs> the whole time i'm like uh, and then i hear i see these girls on the left and I'm, it, it looks like they're saying it hey he's got a p-spot <laughs> Just like losing it in my head, <laughs> so it affected my whole rhythm because I was just like, uh, and I didn't want to look down because you know then it just looks obvious and oh my god it was hilarious. But That's yes, I don't know why I brought that up. But the rhythm that is, so is definitely different. You just take your time because you know, and it, it's weird because sometimes you may not get a laugh on a joke, and then when there's that many people, it's like oh man, you can't you can't let it phase you like a comedy club. It's like if something doesn't hit. 
you can kind of like uh, look at your face. What's going on with you? And you can really kind of go after somebody or you can pull it out or you can right. make fun of yourself like, oh, I guess I'm not whatever, but I'm not for everybody. And when you do that at a theater, it looks pretty sad when you're just yeah. like, I guess I'm not for everybody. I guess <laughs> and there's like 3,000 people. Well, we're most of the town, so I guess you're not for yeah, this town. Exactly. <laughs> Considering the sampling. Yeah. Yeah, you get a, the the self deprecation comes off kind of sad in a big place, and so you can't really shit on yourself too much. But you just—it's kind of one of those things that you know. When you do it, the more you do it, obviously you get a little better. But like I said, I'm still blown away by it. I'm never going to be yeah. used to it at this point. It's still crazy, but you know, I think you just kind of slow down and not take yourself too serious. And I'll do new stuff, and I think that helps me a lot. Is I'll get up and. You know, do what I would do at a club, make fun of the town, try to find a joke about something and do new stuff up top. That way I feel more comfortable because I'm not just rushing into my bits. Like if I do right. something it's like, yeah, I saw that statue just now and da da da, and do something funny like that. That way it feels I feel I feel like a just a comedian. Like, you know, I come in town I make fun of the thing in the, the, the square or whatever. And then, you know, that helps me just relax. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this is crazy. You know, because yeah, no, it's my and the thing, and you know, it just helps me, you know, like in Hoosiers when they measure the basketball yeah. thing, like hey, this is just Same. like the one back home, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's great. That's what a great movie reference. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, and it's funny you say that about the P spot, dude. I mean, I could, I had the same fucking problem. <laughs> I, it was it was in the last couple months. I went to the bathroom because I had a rush before I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I, you know, I was like one of those moments where the the, the, MC, the there was a guest spot that ran the light, and I was and, and I didn't even know there was a guest spot, so I thought I was going to go up. So, and I was like, oh, God, I can't, I got to piss. So how long has he got? He's like, he got a couple. So I went ran. I got, I'm rushing to piss, and of course, maybe I should have had one more shake. And I stick the dick back in, and of course, you know, then I look down and I see this dark in my jeans. I just uh. see that. I worse. see that spot, right? And I'm like, you think they can see this on stage? And of course, like you said, it's so fucking fun. I'm I'm out there and I'm I'm just looking at the faces of people in, right in the front area. Are they looking at my dick? Like, is anybody looking at my dick? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. You're just like, well, I have so many times where I frantically get the paper towel and you just like rub it off yeah. and then the paper towel kind of comes off so it just like, it has crap <laughs> on it. Like, it's just horrible. Now, now it looks like your, your, your crotch has dandruff. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. fucking worst. Oh God, dude. It, uh, yeah, and I actually, uh, it's funny. Old. I actually, I think I ended up saying after I, I got so uncomfortable, I'm like, you know, um, do I have a pee spot? <laughs> do I have a pee spot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I Why mean, not? I was about to do that. Yeah, that's so that's funny. great. Um, now you've experienced both comedy scenes. You you, have, you started in New York, and then you made your way to L.A. here a few years ago. Yes. Um, you know, how would you compare the West Coast? audiences to the east coast audiences um yeah la is you know california is huge you know i mean in the sense of like i feel like new york city was a big scene but it was very condensed you know to to the city itself of manhattan i mean i think there's definitely you know tri-state stuff that a lot of us would do and you know jersey and staten island and places like that but uh, but L.A. has a very different scene within it where I feel New York City, most of the clubs are kind of all the same. You might get a little cooler vibe in the village, but pretty much, uh, you know, Times Square crowd, Upper East Side crowd, they're all kind of the same. In L.A., it's very divided. Like, you know, it's very hipstery. If you go like Silver Lake or somewhere a little a little young or whatever, it's kind of a certain kind of you know, white, maybe more woke audience or whatever. But then you get North Hollywood, you get some cholos and some Mexican crowds. And it's like, that's my favorite because I love a, yeah. you know, a, a good Latino crowd and black guys and stuff like that. So that's what I like in my crowd. So I feel like th it's a little bit of both. You might get that kind of uptight white audience. And then, you, you know, then you'll, you know, on the same Saturday night, you might do a show in North Hollywood or something or a little further out. And you'll get a real kind of, you know, mixed crowd, which is always yeah. way more fun for some for what I do, because I'm a little edgy and stuff. So it works better for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I was kinda, just at the kinda... I was just at the San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival, which is in San Luis Obispo. And, uh, nice. you know, I, I hadn't been in I hadn't performed in the West Coast in a while. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope some of these jokes go over well. You know, if they're woke, <laughs> this, you know, and uh, <clears throat> you know what I mean? And uh, it's funny. So, uh, but they turned out to be more of a red area. I guess it's considered more of a Republican Hilarious. area. Hilarious. So uh, we, 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 we were fine. Um, 
And, and you're right. It's yeah, funny. California you surprises that. you like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, I was waiting to be yeah. lynched and shit or like pulled out. Yeah. And, like I was performing <laughs> in Portland, Oregon or something, you know, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah. It, and you know, it's funny because, um, I, you know, I tell a joke uh, basically where I, it's, it's so funny. It's like I post the, I posted the video and basically the, the, the joke is I asked my wife to go to Home Depot to get me a wet fax. She comes back with a Mexican. This lady from California <laughs> Uh, says, oh, I bet that I bet those jokes would never work in California. So I sent her the video of it crushing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here's the thing. Like, I'm sure you've noticed this. Black people, Hispanics, Mexicans, they don't complain about shit. They fucking love any humor. Obviously, they didn't like, you know, Kramer's humor, uh, you know, but. Well, that wasn't you know humor. I mean? That wasn't humor. No, that, no exactly. It wasn't. Thank, you know, you, I've ripped black crowds and I've roasted black crowds and I've gone farther, further than most. And I've gotten good laughs. But what he did was just a breakdown and an ego thing. And just, yeah. you know, he couldn't he he couldn't fathom that there were people not into the guy from Seinfeld. And the fact that yeah. they would not really want to hear him and whatever, because he's such a star and whatever. And so, yeah, he just his ego caught up with his racism and he just you know the the two is not a good combo so i mean yeah. it's, it's ne- i'm not saying it's okay to be that. racist but if your no, ego he, he, and your racism comes together it's an explosion of nope. yeah that's a bad combination <laughs> uh it really is uh it's like pop rocks and pepsi i am um, yeah. you know you know but you you know you're right i mean ego because i mean how many t- that is a you're right i mean I, I can think of moments like that where something's happened, a heckler or something like that's what usually would get in the way of a bad heckler situation, you know, from it turning into something really funny or something it turning into when the comic gets the ego part of it in the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. get angry when somebody says you're not funny or something. I get mad. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, I get mad. I'll say something nasty back. Like, I, I understand what that is, you mm-hmm. know. But there is a there is kind of a line, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and Kramer went woo right over that line. Yeah, he, fucking, <laughs> he ran he ran through it like a fucking track star. <laughs> yeah. He broke the tape. Exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah, talk about he never came. I mean that that was it, right? That was it for him. Um, all right, who, I think he which, tried to do some TV thing, but then it, it just nobody no, no, nobody's letting him come back. He's not. It, it, not that I was planning on bringing this up, but. Speaking of people, if they can come back, Will Smith, do you think he could? I mean, I've already said I'll never pay to watch anything he does. I don't, you know, I've, I've had it with that ridiculousness. And, you know, I, and the love yeah. I have for Chris Rock and everything, um, which we're going to talk about today as well. But, I mean, I don't. I w- yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people come back lately. You know, it's like, um, you know, I didn't think Louis would come back the way he's come back. I'm not comparing anything, but I'm just saying the way people respond to things. And people yeah. like Mel Gibson, you know, I never thought he would, you know, he's pretty pretty revered. He could do a movie right now if he wanted to, and he yeah. pretty much, you know. He's 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 not back like he was, but he's, he's in the conversation. They could probably nominate him for something, and it would, wouldn't be a huge deal. But um, I, I don't know. I mean— I, as a comedian, we think of it differently because we feel like he crossed the line of somebody just trying to tell a joke and then you get up and try to hurt us like that. I think it's, yeah. it's the cardinal sin or whatever. I think it, it feels it feels harder on us. And we all and Chris Rock is the last guy, I feel like, of that Mount Rushmore that we have left. You know, there's not too many of those guys left. Carlin's dead. You know, all these guys are dead. So it's like Chris Rock is our guy. So I feel like most comics, we have this kinship to this guy that's just like the best. And so and just always so funny and always takes, you know, and yeah. so for him to. To attack that guy. It's like if he attacked Cat Williams or something, we'd be like, ah, Cat's funny, but hey, Cat probably had it coming. But like Chris yeah. is like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is already Kevin Hart. He'd be like, nah, you know, he's getting too much work anyway. But Chris yeah. Rock feels, I don't know, it feels personal, you know? It did. Kind when, of I our, mean, when he, sla- when he slapped him, I took it, I felt like he was slapping me. I really did. Yeah. It was a weird, I kind of took he's it. He's our that sensei, way. Like, you know, like he's, yeah, exactly. It just feels weird, man. Exactly. It feels weird. Exactly. Master Sabanen Kenju Kunye bowed down to him. Um, Right. Yeah. I, I think I, Will I, I Smith think so. will come back to TV or something. Like he'll have some crappy role on TV or something. Like he'll. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll do movies like he used to, but I think he'll come back. Television probably. That's where he'll come back. But here's why I don't think I. I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think his ego will allow that. Like I. I don't think he'll ever accept it. I think whatever he does, if it's really? not something huge, Maybe. I think it's going to get in the way. Um, and, 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 you know, if and he, like I said, if, I. If, if he was smart. 
he would rap. Yeah, he'd go back you to writing I mean? an album. He'd go back to the basics. No, seriously. If he no, if he just rapped and made kind of an edgy Will Smith album, I bet that would be huge. Yeah, <laughs> he he curses now, you know. Yeah, like, talk about my like wife, I'll did. slip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it just crapped on Chris Rock the whole time. Like that would be kind of. I mean, if he was smart, that's what he would do. He, yeah, that's he not any a bad sense of humor about himself, but he doesn't. That's why he freaking slapped him. He has no sense of humor about himself, you know. Yeah, exactly. That, slap, that slap MC. <laughs> We'll call him MC yeah. Slap. Um, <laughs> it's a great idea. That wife. Ugh, <clears throat> she's got to go. Um, oh, dude. I mean, let's face it. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if I feel any sympathy for him, it's that. Because, you know, she's got him wound up like a fucking moron. So. Yeah. Well, Chris, hey, Chris, he explained it best, you know. I mean, she interviewed him about cheating on him and stuff in front of everybody. Like, all that stuff just led to a, a demise. Was, like, I don't. Was, yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. How could you put yourself through that shit? You know, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to let my I'm going to let the woman who cheat on me interview me and tell me about it in front of fucking people. like oh my god yeah like, it, yeah it's weird man. that's just she an might, attention that's that's just when you give it that's when you're an attention whore to me and you just let you're selling your soul at that moment like you don't give a shit yeah, about and 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 just and just a whore <laughs> yeah basically basically because uh, she's a whore so if you sleep with whores, your friend's friend your son's friend yeah. you're a whore anyway go ahead. yeah right. or you're the president's uh <laughs> son um, um, I don't want to get political. Um, okay. do you want to, okay. uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to save this one for last. Speaking of whores, did you hear about Tiger Woods kicking his bitch to the curb? Do you hear about this story? Uh, no, tell us. So <laughs> Tiger Woods had this woman living with him and stuff and sharing his place and stuff. And Tiger Woods says, Hey, we're going to go on a vacation. Uh, but yeah. we, why don't you go out first? I gotta, I gotta polish up my club or something. I don't know what he told her. And they, they take her to the airport or some, and, he, and they, they got his handlers drop her off at a hotel and go, don't ever come back to the house. You're done. Tiger doesn't want any more of you. And, and, and she's filing like a $30 million lawsuit against them and stuff. Um, her name is, her last name is Herman, who began dating him in 2017. Uh, she has lived with uh, Tiger Woods since 2022, resides since purchased the Florida property, which is a beautiful property. I've been there. Not in it, of course, but they threw me off as quick as possible, which was uh, what she claims was part of an oral tenancy agreement, which. Who knows? Um, can't do that on dry bar either. <laughs> that is a no, no. You can't do that on dry bar. This this is not something <laughs> you can't use the mic, the microphone. <laughs> you can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a no, no. Um, yeah, it's a no, no. <laughs> we got to get. You got to work on your offstage dry bar stuff. Can I use my microphone as a dick? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, she claims that he used premeditated prohibited practices and trickery uh, and uh, to uh, trickery. to her to leave the mansion. So she's suing him for $30 million. So that is crazy. What? How can you sue people for breaking up? basically and they just why be rich if you can't have your dudes handle it for you you know what i mean like it's what's the big deal i think that's that's the best way to handle it he knows yeah. what it's like to to have some chick freak out on him you know and bust his you know car with a with a club and everything so he's like you know what that's not gonna happen well i'm gonna my yeah. dudes are gonna take care of it and it's gonna be done i'm breaking up with you uh we were never married like who who cares what's yeah. the big deal yeah. and then and, and if she wins anything i'm gonna be so mad yeah, well, that's the thing. Anybody wants it. It's like throwing shit on the wall and see what sticks, you know, in this kind of case. Yeah. But uh, if you I'm have a child together, if you have a child together, then yes, there's there's paperwork yeah. and there's lawyer. I get it. because mm -hmm. That kid is important. But if there's no kid and you're not married, dude, you're done. And you weren't like a wife before he had the money kind of thing. Then you're done, dude. Forget it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You, you, you're you just you're a ship passing in the evening. That's all you are, sweetie. Yeah. Get over it. Get out of here, man. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Happy hour. Go away. Speaking of ships passing in the evening, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, am I getting into Oh, I did go right into this. Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, jumped, I went down my That's calendar okay. here. I, tr I, uh, I tried to read them all. Hopefully I read this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted. Well, I, I'm going to skip the premise thing. I'll probably do this with the after, but 
uh, I don't know if you're still mentoring as a comic. I don't, I don't want to call you comedy coach. Sometimes, I what you call yeah, it. sometimes, yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I do one on one. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably get into you with this because I really want to start working on some stuff. But, but I, um, do you have a joke you're working on? You'd like to kind of do a little writers meeting here? I don't know if you want to share it with all the millions of people that are watching. Uh, the show. Um, <laughs> do I, do I want that, the 46 comics that watch this show to, to lift my premise and make it yeah. better. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, let's just scratch that whole fucking part of the, take that off the outline. I don't want that. Yeah. Cause there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than going to an open mic. Right. And, then you know, you yeah. do, you're working on something and then two open mics later, you got other comics that are trying to tell something similar. You're like, Oh, what am I? Your fucking muse, dude. You know, Oh, all of a sudden, now everybody's yeah. doing threesome jokes. You know, uh, well, we'll I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, well, no, we don't have to skip it. You know, I'm I trying to work on, like, uh, you know, just my dad, when um, when I was a kid, like, he was only religious when he was broke. Like, and he was, like, a, a salesman, so it, 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 the money would come and go. So if he was making money, he was at the titty bar, and he was drinking booze. But if he was broke, then, you know, we were always going to church. Like, I always knew how much money we had by how many times a week we went to church. Like, if we went to church on Wednesdays, I was like, dude, we're eating hot dog and ramen on Sunday. We're going to be going to some potluck dinner at the church. And so just kind of the bipolarness of my dad's kind of church life. And, you know, like, he always had one foot in with the sin and one foot in with the with the church and stuff. And yeah. so— you know, just growing up kind of bipolar, uh, religious like that, you know, like he made us burn our Kiss albums. I remember we were in a church parking oh. lot. We're just like, you know, burning albums, and you know, and all this stuff. And so just, you know, weird stuff that just like the Christianity in the 80s was just ridiculous. And so just kind of that, just kind of want to play with the idea of just that we were the way we were brought up was really crazy i mean 70s you know if you're born in the 70s or 80s or whatever i feel like you just just a different way you know i don't know this gen x thing is just it's not, i don't know i feel like our parents didn't really give a crap about us unless you know like there was no attention to us you know what i mean like we were kind of yeah. an afterthought so it, it, it is but, funny though it, it is funny though when when things are going great you know you know, you had your own, you had your own fucking value detector, your own wealth detector oh, in the, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, dad's face looks like a crystal ball. I guess we're going to be eating steak this week in the strip clubs all weekend. Well, that's how, yeah, well, that's how I was. And like, as an addict, like I remember when, um, I, I was sober and you know, life was going good. I got a TV thing. Everything was great. And then as soon as I got the TV thing and things were good, I started drinking again. And then like, then everything went to shit and I had to like clean up for another two years. So it was very oh, similar to that. And so, yeah, I could put that in there. Yeah. That's, and that's funny shit. And that's the idea of a premise, right? Like I mentioned you might, well, my premise now is, um, you know, I, I love these commercials where these, these, they're, they're getting these old people. They're telling them about selling their life insurance. You know, okay. which has got which has got to be a great way uh, to get your kids to show up on Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> to, to come by every once in a while. Like, you know, if a parent like a parent says, oh, you're not you know, you can't make it for the holidays. I no, it's OK. I understand. I understand. No problem. Listen, that's OK. You got your things to do. I get it, son. You're I, great. I love you. I, I No problem. But oh, by the way, like the old Columbo. Oh, by the way, yeah. um, I just want to let you know that I spoke to my financial advisor and he said that I can sell my life insurance policy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got a million dollar policies that you and your brother are supposed to get. But, you know, you don't need it. You have all this other stuff going on. So I'm just going to sell it for seven hundred thousand dollars and use the money myself. OK, I'll talk yeah, to Nana's you. Nana's going on a cruise. Nana's going on a cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just funny, like yeah. it, this would be like almost a skit thing, like a Saturday Night Live skit where you you see the kids watching yeah. the TV program like that's mom. What the fuck? You know, um, yeah, but that's the idea of a premise. So. Yeah. I like her buying stuff too. Like, you know, like, what do you mean you have a Lamborghini, Nana? Like, <laughs> like you know, just, yeah. <laughs> like just buying crazy stuff. Yeah, that's really Yeah, cool. the mom the mom calls his son, my back hurts. Why does your back hurt? What are you doing something? What are you Yeah, it's really hard for me to get in and out of the Corvette I just bought. What the <laughs> fuck? What do you mean? You know? <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. yeah. So there we go. We got a little a uh, little musing there. Good, yeah, good, that's good what we go. do. Uh, a little quick workshop. Yeah. That's how we go. There we go. Uh, all right. The last of the questions let me ask you of our segment. 
Um, you find out your buddy's wife is cheating on him. Do you tell him? And if so, how? Uh, that's a, that's a weird one, man. It's uh, even though I, you know, there is a bro code thing, I guess, of just like you feel like you have to tell your friend. You know, you gotta let them know. If it depends how close the friend depends how close you are to the friend. You know, what I mean, if it's if yeah. it's a comedy friend that you kind of see once in a while, like whatever. But but if it's like a real friend that you love and stuff, yeah, you have to tell. I just, I mean, I don't think you have to. There's a way to do it that's better than the other. I think you just have to be like, look, dude, she's she's cheating, she's banging, dude. You need to like, she's not worth it. You know. Or, or you just, you do whatever you want because she's banging dudes, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't never bring it up, you know? That's what I would do, too. I'd be like, oh, you know, okay, I guess we can just bang whoever we want, you know? Yeah. It, that's what's it's, happening it's, now. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad you feel that way because there's something I want to talk to you about, Dustin. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a joke there. But, but you're right. Like, I actually had a friend recently have this happen. Like, his, um, it's actually his white... It's a little different. His wife, his wife's friends, he saw, he found out his wife's, the female friend of the wife found, the guy found out that the husband's cheating and, mm -hmm. um, and shit like that. And, and then it was like, would you say anything? I'm like, again, being a little separate there, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I had a situation once where it, I knew, I knew the couple, I've known them both. And I found out she was cheating and I was closer to the guy. We played soccer together and shit. And I, and I went to her and I go, Hey, I know, I know about you and so-and-so. So either you fucking end it, you know, or I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell so-and-so. Oh, we're so not. She did, and then she did, she did, she denied it. Dude, she, she, wow. she, she denied it. Oh, you're, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't. Okay. And I, and I went and fucking told him and, uh, oh, wow. and, and he's, you know, he, he, he went crazy. He yeah. hired a private eye and everything and, uh, got video. Well, I, you know what I think yeah. I would do too is, uh, last night I was watching, uh, a bad television with my mother and, uh, cheaters was on, like we were laughing oh, and watching right. that. Show. So that's what I would do. I would make it, make sure that like, Hey dude, at least get a credit out of this. Let, let, let's, yeah. go, let's just get the film. <laughs> crew cheaters. Like, it's so funny. Cause they're sitting there. They're like making out in a booth at karaoke or something. Then a film crew comes in. Ah, you cheated yeah. on me. And like everybody flips out. Like that's the best way to tell somebody, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like that is a great film crew. <laughs> I've actually brought that up because I like you. I started watching it here and there. My wife was funny. My wife, a few days ago, we were watching it. She was I haven't seen this show in a long time. Yeah. And you never like silly. to watch it with yeah. your wife because then they start at looking at you like, <laughs> oh, you, you're not doing this shit, are you? But, you know, it's you always get that shit. Um or the guy's doing something you may have done years ago. Like, oh, you used to walk out of the room sure. when the phone rang. I'm like, no, that's because I like to walk. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but you know, it's funny. And and I've had I've used that on stage before. You know, there's you know, hey, are you guys married? And like, no. And they're like, oh, I hope some guy doesn't pull up in a black Escalade and the film crew comes walking walking in here. <laughs> exactly, ruin the show. Uh, but and that's funny. So yeah, you got to tell them. All right, uh, here's our segment. Did you hear? And of course. Um, we mentioned Chris Rock here. Our first story, Chris Rock botched Will Smith joke, edited out. It was actually edited out of Netflix. Our last show, we brought it up. Mm. Um, but I don't, did you see, you saw his special? Did you see his recent special? Yeah. And I, that makes me very angry that they edited it out because there was the most beautiful part of the special um, I felt was a, a who has the balls to go live. I mean, that was phenomenal. And uh, the fact that he did that was just, just badass. Nobody's more badass than that. And then number two, just the idea that it was like what the rest of us have to deal with. I didn't think the crowd was very good. I thought they set on some really good jokes. Like, uh, you know, some of that stuff he was talking about, you know, with the Kardashians and people that he was just crushing and some of the crowd was setting on it a little bit. And then number two and number three or whatever, the fact that he, you know, messed up a joke is just what we do sometimes. And so it yeah. felt so natural. I felt like we were just in the back watching him at a club, you know, because it was like, oh, he messed up. That's we we all mess up jokes like that's what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like it just is what it is. I'm sure musicians mess up a note. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah. screw that up. And you just keep going. And I thought that, I think that they would try to edit that and make that a bad part. I think I think that's not I don't like that at all, because I love the idea that it was so organic that it was left in there. And I thought that was cool because it's like, we mess up, but then he saved himself, you know, cause we're natural. We're not robots doing comedy. We're human beings yeah. and we mess stuff up. He's older, whatever it happens. Like who cares? But I thought, yeah, that, I think that's so, so lame. 
Yeah, I think it's a great point because it's like when you go to live, when you watch a live concert, you, you they are playing bad notes, and that's the beauty of being at a live yeah. venue as opposed to some pre, you cares? know program type music. Uh, you break uh, a you break a drumstick, uh, you know you you mm-hmm. bust a, a string on the thing like these things. That's what makes it authentic. It's beautiful. I love watching that stuff. It's organic. Yeah, and I real. Get, I, the idea of the joke was, I guess, he, he Will Smith did a movie concussion, and he was relating it yeah. to getting hit in the head as a concussion, but. Um, you know, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I you know, I, I didn't mind it. I, I was surprised like you. I was like, and that's when I realized he's doing this shit live. He did it live. Like, wow, you're right. That is yeah. fucking like. And then you realize, you know I mean? oh, he's human. He's just a yeah. real dude. Like, yeah, yeah. He's the comic. I mean, listen, I'm such successful, a successful, great comic. I'm such a pussy that we were recording this show and we airs tomorrow. It just shows you <laughs> how much balls I have. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not like well, I ever edited my dry anything bar, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not comparing it to Chris Rock special, but in my dry bar, it's like, you know, there's some moments where I kind of like mess with the crowd. I'm like, oh, I guess 18 of you really love me. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm in the wrong state or whatever. Like I do. I do a little bit of that. And it's like, you know, I'm kind of like a misstep. And I I actually messed up on a joke and, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, I think they they did edit it. I mean, I asked them to. But it's like after seeing this, I'm like, you know, I think it's I think it's cool to just let people see what comedy's really like sometimes. And I think a misstep is just a real thing that happens. And I think for a guy like that, you have so much respect for him anyway, and he's, he's achieved so much already that you would let it go. I uh, love. I thought it was so funny. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I've done that. I've I've done that where I've told a joke. I've told. I have I have a lot of jokes that have caught callbacks, and I've told the second part of a joke. I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot to tell the first part. This isn't even going to yeah. make sense. You know, and you I'll try to repeat a joke. Oh. You ever do that? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. when you have like two or three shows in a night. I mean, how many times you oh, do a three show night, and you're like, didn't I tell this joke already? <laughs> And then and the same like, thing. Yeah. You know, they, you're, like, ah. you're, you're, you're waiting <laughs> to see the audience notice if you have a P spot and if they heard the joke before. <laughs> uh, you repeat the joke with a P spot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, we remember that and the P spot, Doug. Um, all right. Colin Kaepernick says his white adoptive parents perpetuated racism. Uh, um, yeah. And it's kind of funny. Know. One of the things yeah. one of the things about the article I read was like he was taken back one time because he put he. he he was a he he idolized Alan uh, Alan Iverson. He used to wear cornrows, yeah. and I guess he had his hair done like that. And his white mom said, "What are you doing? That you look like a thug or whatever." And this, and I don't know if that's racist, only because you're talking about that. But like my my mom and dad would get mad like when I started hanging. I was an athlete growing up and stuff. So when I had a good buddy of mine, Eddie Seaman, who had long hair. That was my rock and roll buddy. And, you know, every time he'd come over and I let my hair grow, they'd be like, oh, you got to cut your hair. You know what I mean? That wasn't racist. It was just parents like noting, you know, it's like, yeah, if you, you, you yeah, can yeah, find yeah. racism in almost anything if that's all you're fucking thinking about, you know? Yeah. I mean, Kaepernick wouldn't he would. Yeah. He wouldn't last three minutes in an Italian family. I mean, all they do, you know, all you do is bust on each other. You know, <laughs> it's like my my dad thought I was gay because I wanted to go to art school like these. You know, I, I mean, I had a girlfriend. He's like, ah, is it is it a girl? You know, like they just like, they went after me. I went into fashion like it was a whole thing. That's just that's family. Family will always kind of cross the line. It, it's just yeah. what they do because they 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 love you. But at the same time, they're not going to let you get too ahead of yourself. And so that's what yeah. it is. Here's the thing with Kaepernick. It's like there's one guy who crossed the line and was able to say all these things and do all these things because he was great at what he did. And the thing is, is Kaepernick is a mediocre quarterback. But Muhammad Ali took stances, went after people, went across the line, was not into all this stuff. But he was the best at his sport. So he was able to get that respect. And so that's why Muhammad Ali was able to say and do all the things he did. Tore up his draft card. I mean, crazy yeah. stuff at the time. Yeah. I mean, now we look back and we're like, whatever, he's just some old dude. He was, I mean, he was really pushing it. He wasn't just kneeling on the sideline. He was in it. And so yeah. if Kaepernick was a better quarterback, I think he would be able to get away with more respect. <laughs> they're not hiring. They're, no, no team's hiring me because I'm uh, I kneel. No, because you suck. Um, that's why they're yeah. not hiring they, you. Does he want to go back or something? I don't know. No, he's I think trying he, to get, he's uh, always trying to go back. Like, shut up, dude. Listen, yeah. I have a better arm than him at this point. And, and I will yeah. say this, you know, I, 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 you know, when it comes to a gentleman like Muhammad Ali, one of my top 10 human beings of all time, uh, when you say that. So I agree. Like, here's a guy that stood up in the drift and fucking yeah, really, everything. you know what I mean? This guy, and it was amazing, right? He was one of the, the greatest. I mean, 
I mean, yeah. there's he was like it I mean, probably it was goes against some of your values of what you feel about this country. But the fact that he was so good at what he did, you listened, and you heard him out, and you let him be because he wasn't Absolutely. annoying like this Kaepernick guy. Like it's just ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, a complete night and day. Somebody actually said they they yeah. compared him one time, and I laughed in their fucking face. So, uh, speaking yeah, of family, a dad discovers his daughter is a stripper and refuses to make car payments <laughs> any longer. It's my money, he says. Um, uh, now you don't have any children uh, as of this moment, right? No. Uh, no. Okay. You don't either, right? Uh, no, I have a stepdaughter, oh. and um, oh, you know, okay. and I always would worry about that kind of thing. God forbid. But, uh, you know, people were giving this guy heat because he, he didn't know she's a she's going to college and mm -hmm. uh, he's paying her car payment. And he uh, somebody came to him, said, hey, your daughter is stripping at the, you know, at the, you know, at the Tits Bazaar uh, at Tootsie's over there. And uh, and the guy says, well, guess what? If that's the case, I'm not paying your car payment anymore. And everybody's getting mad at the guy. That's not paying right. The car you know. Payment. Yeah, who who cares? You don't get a freebie in life, you know. And if somebody is giving you one and they don't, you know, I my dad didn't talk to me for years because of jokes I was doing about him. And so it's like the fact that you know this guy was paying the car and like she's stripping and showing her hoo ha. I mean, he has every right. And you know, I don't think people realize it's like like Chris Rock had that joke. You just got one job, keep him off the pole. And so when they get to the pole, you're on your own. <laughs> so, yeah. And they make good money. You're making probably better money than he is. Yeah. Why does he exactly. have to pay for the car? You make, some of those girls make two grand a night. Like, okay, that's a car payment. You can, you're okay now. It's like, it's not like yeah. he left her in the ditch. She's doing heroin or something. Like, she's working. Like, I mean, yeah. I, well, that's I what somebody no said that, for strippers. Yeah. Well, this is the problem. What may happen, though, she's just dancing, but now that he's cutting the car payment allowance, maybe now she's going to have to go in the back room VIP and do a smoke them slow for the extra <laughs> money that dad isn't paying. So he may be attributing to her. Hoary, hoary lifestyle. Um, what is and their stripper women, name and where's this club? <laughs> yeah, let's all visit and help out fund dad's uh, reimbursement. You know, I, I say this as somebody who spent over $30,000 in a strip club one year. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty proficient <laughs> aficionado. Good for you. Wow. No, I did, dude. Let's I still got the memories. More. I got yeah. all the memories <laughs> there up here. Uh, I, I, instead of pictures of posters, all the shows I've done, I like to see all the strippers that I... <laughs> Uh, you know, took there home, uh, and, and it, every, who hasn't had that moment where you're waiting outside a strip club and the, everybody's gone and the security guy goes, everybody left, dude, it's time to go. Fuck. She said, I was going to wait for her. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, here's the problem with it, ladies. Uh, if you're going to do it, yes, you make good money. Yes. It's better than working in a McDonald's and all that shit. But here's the problem. You condition yourself to making easy money. And then you realize that you can't ever go get a real job because you never have the same financial reward so that it tarnishes your whole image of the understanding. So that's a little fatherly moment for somebody who never had kids, but I uh, bang plenty of strippers. Um, <laughs> here's a different parent. Marilyn mom attacks dry daughter bar. for Let's Trying to get on dry bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, you, we want you to leave that story out, Doug. Uh, Marilyn mom attacks daughter allegedly bullied in middle school. Police say uh, oh, this woman this. didn't like it. I yeah, this. great story. You know, uh, I'm against it. Listen, if I if my kid, uh, whatever he did to your kid, if you come and a parent, you grab my kid. Guess what? I'm coming to your fucking work the next day. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I mean, you know. you're absolutely right. But there is something kind of beautiful that you're, you know that your mom would would care that much to get, you know, that she would come slap some yeah. kid or whatever. I mean, I love that. I just don't love her actually doing it. But you're supposed to yeah. call the mom and you're supposed to slap the mom. That's what you're supposed to do. Be like, yeah. you're teaching your kid bad behavior. How about I whoop your ass? That's what should happen. You know, yes. you know, that that's really how it is. Because I remember my brother beat up a guy and then the parents came to our house and it was like a whole thing. And like my dad had to talk to the guy and they almost got in a fight. And my dad was like, you sure you want this? You want both the whole family? Get their hands <laughs> and so you guys want to be like 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get all the uh, stakes on your eyes. But uh, yeah. It, <laughs> Sit around. <laughs> the whole family got their ass beat. <laughs> Don't fuck with the Chaffins. <laughs> They're crazy. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, you just you don't do it, but you do t you do go over there. I'm all, all about that. Like if somebody messing with my cub, I'm gonna go to their house and be like, Look, this is not cool. We don't do this anymore. You know what I mean? This is not the fifties. Yeah. Like stop don't mess with some let's you know, let's let's have love and peace at school. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. with my life, I got bullied not at school. I got bullied when I when I got home because I had these two big older brothers, <laughs> and so that's where I always got in trouble. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, you know, that's that, it's funny you mention it. Like, teach I your had, kid how to fight. Teach your kid how to fight. That's another. Yes, one. that's a that's always a good thing to do. Um, you know, uh, you know, being being a boxer, and I was a martial artist. You know, I had three older brothers. And they would they would basically beat the shit out of me all the time oh, until I reached oh, that age yeah. where I started beating the oh. shit out of them. I I can still there remember the day when my go. brother Mike would because he was a black belt. <laughs> yeah, I was in martial arts, He's and I remember one day we started like octagon we started, over there. Yeah, we, we we were the first mm. We were the first fucking real UFC ever. <laughs> first, the Almeida yeah, House, the first cage it was just like your Dude, living room. <laughs> it would be funny. My my father would take all the all the furniture in the living room, move everything aside. My brothers, we had boxing gloves. My brothers, my, Michael and Eddie, would put the boxing gloves on, and they'd come out in bathrobes. You know, they'd come dancing around. <laughs> that's we'd amazing. Have a boxing talk match. about that. That's funny. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's a funny fucking story. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then they would box, that. you know. That's great. But I remember one time my brother, so. he did that. We were fighting and stuff. We started fighting, and I, and I just I threw him literally across the room onto the fucking coffee table, and it broke. And my mother freaked out. She threw an ashtray at us and shit. And it was like, I'm like, after that, I looked over my brother. I said, don't you ever, he never fuck with me again. <laughs> he realized it was over. Um, you know, the, those days. Uh, this was an interesting story. Federal judge heckled at Stanford says, don't feel sorry for me, says mob. Behave like dog shit. Um, this was a, you got to look at the video of this. The guy's at Stanford. He's a federal judge, well-accomplished judge. I guess he had spoken out against uh, some of the rule, like law, legal at, legalities of transgender and the, the transitioning of young kids, whatever. So the, the the woke folks at Stanford, the kids uh, didn't hear of, they called them racist and all kinds of shit. The worst part was when the dean of the school shows up, who you think is going to add, put, you know, put things in more decorum. And she starts blitzing the guy too. And which was amazing. This is, this is the, I, I, I'm going to make a prediction. Many colleges are going to start really going down. I think a lot of American parents are starting to say, fuck these colleges. I'm not sending my kid to this college. You know, I, I think you're going to see yeah. some mass mass slowdowns in the enrollments in a lot of these major colleges. Uh, they're just too woke. Yeah, there's just, too, you know, there's too. Well, yeah, I mean, and you don't need college like you used to. You know, you need I mean, you need experience. I mean, you know, you need to learn a craft or learn something. But I feel like it's good to, you know, go into something that you're a little naturally good at. And I think a lot of colleges is a waste of time. And some of these guys don't go to college like Bezos and. You know, and all these guys, Apple dudes, and they just, you know, they figure out stuff in their garage and then they're multi-billionaires because they didn't just waste waste away four years in Missouri or wherever. But, yeah, I don't think you need it like you used to. I think apprenticeships are the most important thing. Like if there's something you want to do and you see somebody successful at it and then they'll take you under their wing, that's how you learn stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. you know, that's how you learn. That's how they learned it, you know, the beginning of time. You know, these painters and people and carpenters. I mean, you just bring people, you know, and I that's how I feel about comedy. That's why I coach and things like that. I feel like if I see somebody funny, whatever, I'll talk to them and encourage them or whatever. And some of these guys work with me and things. And I think it's important to do that. But I don't think you need college, college like you used to. Yeah. yeah. College, you know, college is the key to get in. Like when I mentioned martial arts, like people say you're a black belt. I'm like, listen, when you when you when you turn when you get your black belt, that's when it all begins. That's like when you go to co all colleges is you being prepared to go to a corporation or a company but you're a blank slate. You're an idiot. You know, basically, they're just hoping you've learned some 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 basics that allow you to be molded into what you know they want you to be. Uh, you know, and, and you're right. I, we need more trades. We need more. We need more plumbers. We need more work. People that are going to work hard and this kind of shit. You know, you got all these people with degrees that think they can fucking run shit. And you know, I mean, look what happened with SVB Bank. You know, you got banks failures. Why? Because you got people put put in positions that have no idea what the fuck they're doing. You know. Gotcha. Um, all right. Let's uh, um, the last thing I want to show you here. Actually, we're going to skip this. Um, but um, cruise ship comic. Let's skip to this, Ben. But a cruise ship comic, not comic, cruise ship magician gets attacked when he gets a little close to a guy's <laughs> wife. Uh, play this video if you can, Ben. Murphy was performing a card trick that involved consensually swapping cards with a female audience member like a kiss Whoop. when a man rushed the stage and tackled him to the ground. That man reportedly being the female's partner. 
The magician mm -hmm. showed this video on his TikTok with a statement, ah. my assault on board, entertainment, comedy, and magic are not contact sports. Yeah. This guest should not have there been allowed. Let's go there. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's another, yeah. This, Congratulations yeah, to I the mean, magician for using it to, to push his, like, get a little more attention, right? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Magicians are creepy, man. I, they're so creepy. I, I was at the Magic Castle recently, and that's a cool place to go if you're ever in L.A. It's a really fun thing. It's like all these different rooms, and I do like magic. I, I do. I'm a dork for it. I think it's fun. Like, it's a craft, and you, people are good at it, and it's phenomenal. And there's a lot of bad ones, too. That's the worst. Nobody wants a bad magician. Just your card? Yeah. You're like, nope, not even close. <laughs> but um, yeah. but, I, but I feel like I feel like... You know, the whole time there was a guy kind of hitting on, on on my girl, and it was like he was doing it through magic, and it was just like, all right, dude. He's, it's kind of like, yeah. hey, here's a heart of club, kind of like the heart that I feel for you. And, like, he was just, like, saying stuff, and I'm like, all right, man. Like, it just felt like he was hitting on my girl the whole time he was doing the magic. So I could see yeah. if somebody's drunk and you're getting unlimited booze or whatever, and some dude's like, and I don't think that, that you don't do that, dude. You don't, that's a that's yeah. a seventh grade thing. Like you do that to kiss the girl, like the card thing or whatever. So yeah, I, I don't think you should get his butt kicked, but I don't think that guy should do that, that yeah. act anymore. I, I mean, I worked with a magician. I worked with a magician once. The only thing he made disappear was the fucking crowd. Um, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, that works. <laughs> Uh, well, we got, we're pressed on time here. We usually do a segment called let's associate. So we're going to write right through this. I'm going to give you a few words. Give me your first thought okay. or quick story behind it. The first word okay. is uh, first expression is in the lead. In the lead. Uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, <laughs> not the Steelers. I don't know. That's my football team. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that works. Uh, uh, the second word incapable incapable uh most people that book comedy clubs there you go <laughs> um unheard of me <laughs> for now just for now you'll be heard of uh temptation uh a girl that says i'm funny after a show <laughs> yeah really mm, really mm. right like that's the thing people are always just like you know the big boobs and all nah i do i chick that really thinks you're funny that, that that's you're just like oh man I would how give fucking it all true you. how <laughs> true is that i had this spanish one one time like, oh my god we loved you i'm like oh my god i'm gonna leave my wife um no <laughs> only kidding honey only kidding uh and the last word follow-up uh that email i need to send on thursday yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> that's that all we gig. have time for here on the Wake Up Late with Dougie Show. I want to thank Dustin for joining us today. Be sure, by the way, uh, it's out, right? We the people can see the, yes, the dry bar. Uh, dry bar. If you want to go, uh, you can get a free month of dry bar um, if you put uh, code D Chafin, my name, C H A F I N. I think you get a free month if you want to check that out. Thank there you, you buddy. This is great. I appreciate it. Yeah. I got to get to That's my other show. It's starting now. There you go. Uh, we'll <laughs> definitely Twitch. let you yeah. go there. <laughs> Twitch. Uh, thanks, Dustin, for joining us. Be sure to check out his dry bar special. As for me, this Saturday, I'm going to be in Charleston area at Somerville, South Carolina at the Old Trolley Theater. Uh, very funny young lady's open for me, Sue Ra, who's doing great out there. She started in Miami when I met her. Bridget, she's our opening act. And uh, Keith D is our host. Uh, the Old Trolley Theater this Saturday. And next week, I'm going to be in Florida. I'm going to be at the uh, Greystone Hotel in Miami Beach on Tuesday night. Be sure to come there. Private gig in Wilson, Florida, Wednesday. But Thursday at the Space Coast Comedy at, at the Blind Lion in Cocoa, Florida. And on Friday and Saturday at Madcaps in New Smyrna Beach. I go to DougieAlmeda.com for more dates. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out. We will be off next week. But please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our fan page on Facebook. God bless. Take care and be sure you don't walk on stage with a peace spot. See you next time. Ha ha ha!